Welcome to the Movie for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. All right, we're back on our kind of regularly yep. scheduled off-season plan. So today we're going to start looking ahead to free agency. Um, I don't like to dry, dive too far into the draft until at least the point where free agency is kind of wrapped up and you have yeah. a, a better idea of what the team needs. Right, and, and we're getting close to free agency too, and yeah. off-season really kind of flies by, but once you hit that and we hit that point this week mm-hmm. of the transition, franchise tag could be applied to, to Jaguars players and around the league, and yeah. that's something we've kind of been watching, but you expect Josh Allen to get the franchise tag. Yep. I don't think he's going anywhere. And then you start free agency talk. Free agency period opens up very, very soon, second week of March, yep. and we will start having a better idea where Jacksonville is going to lean to in the draft. So, Kind of like you, I mean, where they could fill some of these holes in free agency and not have to potentially expend a, a pick on a, a high draft pick on a spot that they've addressed in free agency. So you're going into free agency right now, and, and we're kind of looking at the, the the guys that we would like the most, and then maybe some under the radar guys. So don't know if any of these happen, but our wish list for this. Yeah. So we, we put together a little bit of a wish list. Tried to keep it a little realistic. So we're going to do uh, each of us picked out four guys total, two under the radars. Yep. And two that are the home run, throw the bag at the guy, this is go and fix a problem on this team kind of guys. Um, so we haven't compared our lists. Yeah. I think there's going to be some differentiation there. Um, I'm pretty sure anyway. Uh, but I think the one thing that at least I landed on is I looked at my big tickets. So just a little bit of a spoiler overall. My big guys are, are all defense. Um, I don't know if I have a single offensive guy on my, okay. on my big ticket list. So... Um, so we're, let's go with the big tickets first. Okay. I mean, th- that's what the people want, right? Everybody wants the home run, <laughs> free agent signing. Um, so, all right, I'll give it to you first. Who, who is your first um, superstar? This is the home run swing free agent for the Jaguars. And these two guys will not come to Jacksonville because we know Jacksonville is, A, not going to – a little bit of a more of a cap situation with Jacksonville in terms of who they can go out and spend. This is two years ago where you can go out and just – throw the bag at guys and, and write those checks and just keep adding zeros to it. My first guy, and I don't think he's going to be available, it's T. Higgins. And okay. receiver-wise, he's a big body, coming off a little bit of a disappointing year in, in Cincinnati. But, you know, Cincinnati's got three big-time receivers that they've got to have to find some way to do, and I don't think you're letting Jamar Chase go. I think you're going to tag T. Higgins. I think he's going to be back in Cincinnati. But on just – level the playing field t higgins would be a guy that i would want to go and break the bank to and with a little caveat michael pittman jr would be that if you can't get t michael pittman sure. but i think michael pittman's gonna be in a similar situation to t higgins where he's not let out of indianapolis but my first guy to throw the bag at add all the zeros to the checks is gonna be t higgins of cincinnati look i like the t higgins thing i think jaguars fans well, like the idea yeah. of bringing t higgins who wouldn't like the idea of bringing T. Higgins? Look, T. and Trevor Lawrence were together yep. in college. He is the, the receiver type that the Jaguars have not had in a long time. I mean, maybe Allen Robinson the last time they had a receiver mm-hmm. with size that can do the things like T. Higgins can do. Uh, just realistically, I'm not sure if T. Higgins is getting out of Cincinnati. Yep. Um, but it would be a fantastic home run swing if the Jaguars could find a way to get it done. Here, I'll, I'll even throw you one more question at this. So let's say the Bengals do franchise tag T. Higgins like we expected, which as of the time of recording this, they have not. Uh, would you be willing to trade T. Hig- trade for T. Higgins knowing that you already have a third-round pick at minimum wrapped up in Calvin Ridley? And if you were willing to, what, what would you give up? Yeah, I don't know because if you, if you do agree to that trade for T. Higgins, they, they sign and trade deal, 
not as frequent in the NFL as we see like in the NBA and stuff. But if you sign, if, if you trade for T. Higgins, remember he's coming to you on a pricey, pricey contract. You're going to probably have to give up a second, maybe even a first-round pick to get him, second, third round, something to get T. Higgins. And then, oh, by the way, you're going to have to pay him top-of-the-market contract you know, and, and let's say you sign Josh Allen to a long-term deal. You're already getting another guy, top-in-the-market contract. You decide you're going to bring back Calvin Ridley. I don't think you'd probably bring him back in that situation. But you're going to have two guys, top-of-the-market deals in Josh yeah. and T. Higgins. And then, oh, by the way, you're going to sign Trevor, probably not this year, but next year, too, contract. Right. That's three top-of-the-market contract for guys. I just don't think Jacksonville's in a position to do that. I like the idea, Jamal, but I don't think that is – um, probable for a team that's cash strapped, yeah. and then oh, by the way, you're giving up capital to get him, and you're signing him or paying him a big deal when you're bringing right. him in. So probably a little bit cost prohibitive, um, trade prohibitive um, to do that situation. T Higgins, and don't forget you're already paying Christian Kirk. So uh, going and throwing a bag at T Higgins would also would already be restrictive mm -hmm. for the rest of the building of the team. So giving up any sort of draft picks on top of that, right. that's tough. Yeah, that's real tough, tough to, to kind of stomach. All right, so T. Higgins is one of yours. You want to do the second one, and then I'll, I'll do my I'll two? Let you go. You want to let, let me go? go? All right, so uh, for my first one, because uh, we've talked about a couple of guys over the course of the podcast the past few weeks, so I, I didn't want to bring up Robert Hunt or C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Okay. I'm not sure if C.J. would be a big-time or an under-the-radar guy, but I didn't want to bring up either one of them. Would love C.J. in Jacksonville. I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson would bring a grit that mm -hmm. this team needs. I think Robert Hunt would be a big addition to the yep. Jaguars' offensive line, but kind of throwing them out there in the past. So I want to go with a, a, a defensive lineman okay. coming from the same place where your guy okay. came from, All Cincinnati. Right. DJ Reader. Maybe I okay. took a, a big free agent a little bit uh, too too <laughs> literal, but DJ Reader is the kind of big body the Jaguars need on okay. their defensive line. He's extremely good at stopping the run, something that if you watch the Jaguars' last game of the season, that's all you need to see. Uh, they struggled at times. He's not necessarily an impact pass rusher, but he can push the pocket. He had two sacks last year to go along with a handful of pressures and hurries. He is a guy who's dealing with an injury. He got injured, I think, in week 15 late in the season. So that could be something that's restrictive of his free agent, uh, free agency, at least interest. But it also helps keep the price down. So I think DJ Reader would be a, a big addition. He is an elite run stopper. He's probably the guy the Jaguars thought they were getting when they paid Foley Fatutasi. Right. So <laughs> I, I go and fix that said issue. Get DJ Reader. You also happen to weaken another team in the AFC in the process. Um, maybe I took big free agent uh, a little too literally, but DJ Reader is my first guy. Okay, I like it. I, I mean, they've got to get better on on both lines, defensive line especially. Uh, Devon Hamilton, he yes. regressed last year. Um, and Foley Fatsikasi, I don't think he's going to be back. So, um, hey, I like it. I like it. you got to get better lines, and um, that's kind of where I'm heading with my next big free agent guy too. All right. Look, I, I, I think that's the big thing, and everybody keeps talking about get better in the trenches, get better in the trenches, and – a big run stopper like DJ Reader isn't typically the guy that fans throw a party about when you sign him. They're not going to be dancing in the streets going by Reader jerseys mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but he's a guy that could make a big difference on that defense. All of a sudden, your linebackers aren't taking on as many blocks. All of a sudden, yep. the, the, those runs that Derrick Henry had a ton of space are, aren't quite as much. Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker aren't seeing quarterbacks stepping up into the pocket as easily. So, And then – 
if you get DJ Reader and Devon Hamilton does rebound back to where he was previously, all of a sudden now you have some really good big bodies you can rotate in the middle of your defensive line and you feel really good about where you're at. Yep. So um so I like that one. All right, Justin, who's your second? All right, guy? my my next one is again, I not necessarily the best scheme fit, but you know, I, Ryan Nielsen talking, hey, we want to get the best players on the field. We want to tailor our defense to the player. So a little bit of a non-scheme fit, but he's a big presence on that defensive line. Justin Adabuke from Baltimore. That swing from the fences guy. Um, again, he's going to be extremely cost prohibitive for Jacksonville. He's one of the top five, seven, eight, nine free agents available this offseason cycle. Again, not necessarily that that scheme fit. He's come from the Ravens defense a little different than Jacksonville. Um, but again, Ryan Nielsen, I'm, I'm hopeful that they look at players and putting those best players in those positions. And again, this is not a position. This is not a signing where I think they go out and do it. I think this is a complete pie in the sky kind of situation. But other guys I like on that kind of the, the poor man's uh, Matabuke. I like a Leonard Williams. Um, I like a Sheldon Rankins, those kind of guys. But you've got to get better on, on that defensive line that the, in the trenches. I think Matabuke would be a home run uh, bring in for me. And again, like T. Higgins, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, Jacksonville is just too poor in this cycle. Yep. But again, you're talking about my pie in the sky, my guy who I would love to see come in in this cycle and uh, really help reset the defensive line. Give me a better bouquet from Baltimore. Look, I don't think a, a single player made themselves more money in a single season than him. Ooh, at um, all. He had a fantastic year, made himself a ton of money, yep. was an impact guy for Baltimore. Uh, if the Jaguars weren't interested in him, I, I'd be que I'd have questions. Uh, from the scheme fit, I think Ryan Nielsen, those are the types of players that you can you can right. he'll find a home. He'll be fine. Um, look, I, he's interesting. Uh, the only thing from everything you said, you took a shot at my guy. That's my big free agent. So I'm on a poor man's version. So my, my second big guy is Leonard Williams. Okay, man. I, mean, See, I like I like Leonard Williams. He, took, he literally took a shot at my guy to, 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 like, pump his guy up. Look, Leonard Williams is a former high-round draft pick. He's going to get a big contract. Um, he had six sacks last season. He is a big body. A big guy who can can go in again, improve the trenches. I told mm -hmm. you, my my big time free agents will spend money on that D line. Um, look, he is good against the run, and he has shown that I uh, probably shouldn't hit that. Uh, he he is good against the run, but he look he's shown he can be a mm -hmm. good pass rusher as well. He's really improved. I think that was one of the knocks on him at one point mm -hmm. was that. Maybe he wasn't as good a pass rusher. Six sacks is nothing to yep. frown at. Plus, a bunch of pressures. He's shown consistently year over year that he can get to yep. the quarterback with opportunities. I think Leonard Williams is a guy that is definitely worth exploring. He's probably going to get a pretty decent-sized mm -hmm. contract. Uh, if the Jaguars did sign him, all of a sudden, again, you start feeling better about that defensive line. He's a guy who can play a bunch of spots along the line yeah. for you. He can play that five technique. If you wanted to do a four-man front, he can play that three technique for you. He can move up and down, give you versatility, and, again, strong run defender that can also get after the yeah. passer, which lines up with exactly what the Jaguars want to do. I think Leonard Williams would be a big-time swing, even though – uh, Justin, I know I love Leonard. I, I have him number two on my uh, number two on my uh, defensive line list. And Matabuke just I like him better than Williams. Um, Williams has kind of been that. I mean, he's been good. He's been good sure. every stop in his career. Right down the road from Daytona Beach mainland, uh, yep. went out to Southern Cal and, and parlayed that to a top ten draft pick. He's been a little bit of a um, he traded early on in his career, and um, he again he's been a guy who's done it. He's not an Aaron Donald type. He's not going to get you fifteen sacks, but. I mean, when was the last time Jacksonville Jaguars 
interior defensive lineman really kind of spooked you and said, this guy, we got to put some pressure on him. We got to double him. Uh, we've got to chip him somehow. Mm -hmm. There's nobody on Jacksonville's roster. I mean, Devon Hamilton's not that. It. Foley's no. not that. Uh, not that guy. So Leonard Williams, absolutely. I'd be thrilled if they brought in Leonard Williams. Um, yeah, I'd say poor man. I, Leonard Williams, he's a big ticket guy. He would be fantastic in Jacksonville. No, no, uh, no harm. Uh, for for my uh, diminishing Leonard Williams value, Jamal. All right, one last guy I want to throw an honorable mention that uh, was really close on my list. I just really think the Jaguars got to improve the trenches. Legarius Sneed, if he gets Another out of one, Kansas yeah. City, um, he'd be fantastic lockdown corner. You saw him in the Super Bowl. It's what he does. All of a sudden, his versatility on that back end improves a lot that the Jaguars can do, will want to do, especially in this man coverage system that Ryan Nielsen is going to want to mm -hmm. run. LeJarius Sneed would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember you even mentioning him uh, during that Super Bowl time. He's going to make a, another team a pretty happy a happy team. And, yeah, J Jacksonville would be fantastic. By him. He's another guy that probably priced himself out of Jacksonville yeah. this season. The Jaguars are going to have to do a little work on their salary cap. Is it possible they could make a run at some of these guys? Maybe. Um, it's probably not real, heavily realistic that they're going to go get that superstar free agent. Um, a DJ reader, I think, could be very realistic, especially because of the injury. Leonard Williams, maybe. Um, if they really want to help Trevor, which I think is on everybody's mind, especially the guys in the building, T. Higgins, I think, is somewhat yep. realistic. If somehow he hit the street, that they would try and find a way to make a play at that. Um, so I, I don't want to say it's out of the woodwork or out of the realm of possibility. It's probably not the most realistic thing because right. there are more than a handful of needs. But it, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think we'll start to get an idea based on some of the salary cap moves. The biggest thing that, that would get, line them up to be able to make a play at a big guy, you got to get a deal done with Josh Allen. Yeah. That franchise tag is going to, I mean, it eats up so much of your yeah. salary cap. It prevents flexibility. That hurts. It's, it's what hurt them last year yep. with Evan Ingram. Um, because the franchise tag with him was like $17 million. Josh is like $20 million. Yeah. So that's eaten up that much salary cap space on its own. And there's no bend in no. that. So they're, you know, the, the issue when you say a big-time long-term contract, and you're thinking, oh, my God, $120 million contract for Josh, how's that helping the team? Well, there are things baked into these long-term deals where you got roster bonuses, workout bonuses, playing time bonuses, and stuff like that, where it can be structured, you know, creatively. You know, a franchise tag on Evan Ingram situation, you're talking seventeen, eighteen million dollars. That's just a, a sitting there a cinder block on your cap, where you've got no leverage, no negotiation, no kind of ebb and flow, where you are able to restructure any of that. That's just one solid cinder block on your cap right there and it's hanging it down so really hamstrung jacksonville last year the same with josh I mean, you got until like july 15th to get that long-term deal done with him so mm -hmm. you would not like to not have that franchise tag and that just that onerous 20 to 22 million dollar black hole on the cap yeah. for that long of time because it is cost it really prohibits what you can do in free agency it so tough. It, it's tough yeah. so you want to get that deal done yeah it's more of a commitment long term for josh sure. and and stuff but the it hamstrings a franchise so much yeah. in not being able to come to that long-term deal. So that's why Trent Baalke and, and Doug Peterson and uh, Tony Khan, Shad Khan, all those guys, the football guys, want to get that deal done because it frees you up in what you're able to do in the short term as well. All right. 
So now we're going to the under the radar yep. guys. So each of us have two of those. I told you we didn't overlap on the big time free agents. Uh, we'll see if there's some overlap here. Uh, okay, who's your first under the radar free agent that you think would make sense? Okay, and, and I'm going to go with some help for Trevor in this situation. Okay. Andre James from Vegas, Lloyd Cushenberry. Um, those okay. two guys are centers. Um, you know, not necessarily the sexiest signing. Again, you mentioned sure. you're not going to go out and run out with an Andre James jersey on your back. Uh, comparable numbers to uh, to a Luke Fortner's last year. Three penalties, four sacks uh, given up. Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, five penalties, one sack allowed last year. Um, five penalties, four sacks allowed. Luke Fortner last year. But again, I think guys, veteran guys who can come in, steady that behind Trevor and, and provide some stability to that offensive line. A little under the radar, and, and by saying that, you're not swinging for the fences, T. Higgins, or a you know blue chip kind of guy at the corner defensive line. So uh, I'm going to go Andre James. He's my number one under the radar signing for Jacksonville. Look, I like it. Uh, there's no question that the Jaguars have to get better on the offensive line. I think we keep going back to it. Trenches are a need. Andre James would be fantastic. Everybody saw Luke Fortner, and if you want to just see the reason why they need to upgrade the center position, go back and watch that last quarterback sneak against the Titans, uh, and Luke Fortner is like 100 yards the other direction. Maybe not 100 yards. That's a little overblown. But he was on his back where he didn't belong as Trevor Lawrence is trying to jump over the play. And I know people have defended him like, well, he, Trevor didn't let the offensive line in on the play call. I don't care what run play it is. A center not supposed to be five yards in the no. backfield on his back. No. So um, so I get it. Look, Andre James did a great job. I mean, the Raiders liked him. They, they felt comfortable enough with him. They moved on from Rodney yep. Hudson uh, for him. He's done a good job there, physical. Uh, I think he graded out better as a run blocker than a pass blocker, which uh, anybody going to complain about. Uh, Cushenberry, also very good there in Denver. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with either one of those. I think, I'm, I think I'm on board. I think they are upgrades from a Luke Fortner, even though 100%. they were comparable stats. They're veterans. I think they provide some stability in a sense like you brought Brandon Sheriff in yeah. for that stability. These guys are not in the same breath as a, as a top-tier Brandon Sheriff when he's healthy. But, again, it provides stability. They're veteran guys, and I do think that provides stability at a position on the line where probably the weakest link in terms of the center right guard situation or left guard situation. Yeah, probably. It's definitely um, the yeah and, and yeah. it's it's something that provides – I mean, Trevor was sacked 35 times, career high – sacked more times last year in his third season than he was as a rookie under mm -hmm. Urban Meyer. So that tells you how they have to get better protector investment. And I think Trevor's growth continues with better stability on that offensive line. I think at Andre James provides that. Hey, look, you're going to hurt a lot of people's feelings with this one. Because, look, <laughs> I, uh, J Jackson Powers Johnson, yep. I mean, he is like a Jaguars, yeah, like already. mini rock star. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, we're not even close to the draft. I mean, so a lot there are a lot of – there are going to be a lot of broken hearts if the Jaguars don't draft Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But if they sign somebody, I think that's the better way to go. Rather than going yeah. with a rookie again, uh, you, you go with a veteran guy, and that gives you that, that, that reassurance that you, you, you're not going to miss. You know what you're going to get in a James. You know what you're going to get mm -hmm. in a Cushenberry. Um, there's somebody else uh, on the on a free agent, but he he has an injury coming out of Miami. I would but love he, Robert Hunt too. 
but he's not he's not necessarily hey he'd be a big swing he's gonna get some money he's gonna be the big one so he would be my in my first cut but yeah robert hunt or uh an andre james kind of guy in free agency would be fantastic all right so you went with andre james um i'm gonna go with a wide receiver also help for trevor uh just maybe in a different way so uh the guy that i'm going to go with uh i don't know if you're gonna like this one okay so let me give it give me a hint all right he's uh he's a wide receiver he went to ohio state he has had some injury issues, and he uses Twitter a whole lot. <laughs> Ted Ginn. Yeah. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, okay. Michael yeah. Thomas. So, Saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, he's had some injury issues. Yeah. Uh, there's no way around that. But when he's healthy, he has been a very good receiver. I think we're past we're past the prime Michael mm-hmm. Thomas days. Those are gone. Right. The can't-guard Mike days are probably behind him. Uh, but he is still a serviceable receiver. This past season, he played the majority of the games. He had somewhere around 500 yards for the Saints. Okay. Uh, he is still a very good receiver, and if you're going to go the cost-effective route, he is a guy who can start solving some of those receiver issues that the Jaguars have. Sure-handed, can do some things. He's not a number one guy mm-hmm. anymore, and the Jaguars wouldn't be bringing him here in this situation to be a number one guy. He would be... I mean, almost akin to when they brought in Zay Jones. Look, you're getting a guy who who understands he's sure-handed. When he's healthy, he's he's solid out on the field. He he's had some issues along the way. I mean, he talks a lot on Twitter, you know, which which can always be fun. You don't know if you want that in your locker room, and I I don't know. But he he's been a leader in his career, and when he's healthy, and if you can get him back to healthy, Michael Thomas, I think you can get something good for him. Uh, Pro Football Focus also threw out their list of possible cuts. We talked about it on the podcast a few weeks back as Zay Jones mm-hmm. being one of those possible salary yeah. cap casualties. So if the Jaguars did move on from Zay, you got Calvin, that's a free agent. You got Christian Kirk. Michael Thomas probably isn't going to command a top dollar contract, but he's a swing that if you get him on the cheap, maybe a one or two kind of year prove it deal and it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it worked. It, definitely. Uh, so, so, so Michael Thomas is my under okay. the radar uh, free agent okay. number one. Okay, my um, I I like where you're going with this. So my we had a conversation a couple weeks ago where Jamal threw out veteran kind of guy, veteran kind of guy. You don't as much tread on the tire. Talked about Jeff Okuda mm-hmm. um, rehabbing kind of from an injury or, or draft status that hadn't been fulfilled. Talk about CJ, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. This got me thinking about who could fit into that secondary mold. Okay. A la Jeff Okuda, CJ Gardner Johnson. And um he's not necessarily the under radar. I mean he's more like your guy, Michael Thomas, where mm-hmm. it's the the name recognition is there, but his best year is probably behind him. But he's still got some tread on the tires. Stephon Gilmore. I love it. So that's that fits in the mold mm-hmm. of a guy who can come in. Again, his best years are behind him, sure. um, but a guy who can come in, I mean, defensive player of the year kind of guy, mm-hmm. um, can come in and coach those young guys, coach a young Tyson, coach a potential number one draft pick um, in in that situation where, again, the Cowboys probably not going to bring him back. Um, he's got some tread on the tires still. He's still serviceable, a couple interceptions last year. And I like a guy, and he'd probably qualify more as a big-ticket item, but Derrick Henry, a guy who's coming back. You don't have a fullback on Jacksonville. Derrick's another guy who's – Got some tread left on the tires, sure. but his best years are behind him. Um, I think he could come in and be that that guy who can get you a yard and a half in a situation where Travis Etienne couldn't get it last year. But I think I think a Derrick Henry on a prove it deal. I think a Stephon Gilmore on a on a one year prove it deal uh, could come in there and be that stabilizing force in there. I look at it kind of like and I brought this up on one of our last podcasts where 
you bring in a guy like DJ Hayden who came in and a higher draft pick and his best years were obviously behind him, but can kind of come in there and play that big that that role. Um, and I think with a younger Tyson, uh, a draft pick potentially a first round draft pick, I like a guy like Stephon Gilmore. You know, move on to Darius Williams, sure. which has been the talk. Save you ten million dollars. Um, a Stephon Gilmore on a one year prove it kind of deal could come in there and uh, in a sense be that stabilizing. And you mentioned the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, uh, Jeff Akuta thing, and that kind of got me thinking after our last podcast. I love the Stephon Gilmore move. I absolutely would love it. You want to find out in this next season what Tyson Campbell is. If yeah. You need to be throwing some money at him. Put him in the room with a guy who has had the career that Tyson yeah. would love to have. Yep. Um, Stephon Gilmore, yeah, he's a stopgap guy. He's only going to give you a couple of years left. Yeah, at this point, he's probably a mercenary going yep. from team to team. But let him be on your team. Uh, he is is he the Stephon Gilmore of old? No, he's not at that point in his career. But when he got challenged last yeah. year, I think it was AJ Brown was talking a little trash to him. Stephon Gilmore woke up, yeah, and uh, and gave him everything he could handle. So I, I love it, and he's a guy who has made his bread and butter playing man coverage. Yeah, exactly. So bring him in. He's gonna be able to compete and give you something. And even if you draft a corner in the first round. Is it bad to have Stephon Gilmore, Tyson Campbell, and this rookie no, corner all together hanging not out? At all. I love yeah. it. I love the um, the potential of what Stephon brings to Tyson, who's still ascending in his career. I mean, going into a pivotal year four, and then a potential rookie in the first or second round. Yep. And that's a great guy to learn from. Not a toxic guy. He's not a cancer in the locker room. Um, he comes from pedigree. I mean, you're talking all pro. I mean, he would be a fantastic guy. And I think he, in the same vein as Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah. He's a little bit better than Chauncey and could provide a little bit more, I think. Yeah, he'll definitely give you a little bit more from the leadership standpoint. Um, and you also mentioned Derrick Henry. Look, I, I am 100% on board with that. Sign him just so you don't have to play against him ever again. Uh, so you, you, if you've seen the highlights of Derrick Henry running through the Jaguars defense over the years, you should be just banging the table for them to sign this guy just so you never have to see another one. Yeah, give it a go. Okay. Give Derrick six eight carries a game i mean he he's he still probably a guy. wants more than that yeah, of course, but, but he's still a guy at 31 at 30 31 who's still got some uh some fuel in that tank yeah. some tread on the tires and i would love to see derrick henry and, in Jacksonville. and you got to think bringing him home would be cool for him i i don't know if he's closed that door on his life or not uh but you got to think that there's something there that would say oh I, you know that would be a cool way to, to wrap oh, that up would the be fantastic back in jacksonville um all right so you're under the radar guy mm -hmm. was Stefan Gilmore. Yep. So I'm going to go, and you mentioned Derrick Henry, which is going to kind of lead to my next guy because it's kind of same same okay. vein, uh, different, differently statures of their career. So uh, AJ Dillon. Oh, man. Ah, there okay. you go. Okay. AJ Dillon. So uh, from Green Bay, 247 pound running back. Hasn't had a ton of success in his career. Probably not going to cost a whole lot of money. But when the Jaguars have struggled time and time again in those short yarded situations, what better way to fix it than go get a 247-pound running back that that specializes in getting you one yard? A.J. Dillon could be that guy. What do they call him? Quadzilla at one point? Yeah. Hey, look, bring that guy here on pennies on the dollar, and all of a sudden I feel like your short yarded situations are going to be solved. What about Tank? He's still on the roster. What about Tank? You drafted Tank, and you figured that name would at least – Kind of benefit. I'm a fan of Tank Bigsby. We'll see if year two is better for him than year one. I don't think bringing in bringing in AJ Dillon to me is akin to bringing in Dearness Johnson. Yeah, it, it's not prohibitive of Tank earning a spot, 
But if Tank doesn't wow you as that one-yard, gotta-have-it moment kind of guy in training camp and early in the season, now you got a 247-pound backup plan. Yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, look, I think the Tank hate was a little uh, misguided from from fans who had it. He had a bad rookie year. No, yes. no way to do to dice it. I mean, he had fumbled. He had balled off his hands that led to interception. He just did not have a good rookie year as a whole. But look at Jacksonville's offensive line. I mean, you're a rookie running behind a bad offensive line that. Travis Etienne couldn't get a yard behind. I mean, Trevor was sacked 35 times behind. So um, I think Tank, with a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and what that offensive line mm -hmm. did not provide last year, I think Tank will be better year two. All right, and I do have one honorable mention. Okay. Um, coming from Cleveland, he's a defensive lineman, Maurice Hurst. Uh, he's an interior pass rusher. He tends to grade out highly. The problem, he's had his injury issues year after year at different stops. Probably not going to cost you a ton. But when he is healthy, he does give you some penetration, some pressure uh, that interior pass rush that the Jaguars have missed yep. at times. So I think he would be worth – I think last year he had a pectoral injury. The year before that, I think it was a calf. So he's had injury issues. So he's a guy that you don't want to lean heavily on. But for if you can give him, get him to Jacksonville on a reasonable contract – He's going to pay dividends. Yeah, and I, I have a couple honorable mentions, All too. Right, and they, they kind of border between name guys who would fit our first mold and sure. then the cuts of this, the second tier. Uh, Sheldon Rankins, former high draft pick. He was with the Texans, uh, interior defensive line now, guy. Now pause on that one for me. I actually want to stop you right there. Okay. All right, so I keep seeing people talk about Sheldon Rankins, and he's another one that, I keep, that I've seen catch fire. And I know he had a big season last year in Houston. Houston, yeah. But what like I I he's not I just he he, he puzzles he, me because that like he had a huge production last year with the Texans and I get why people are saying he's got it he's the the numbers are there and Sheldon's fine I mean he's a solid veteran he's, who, a, he, he's gonna give you some run stopping yeah, to me that, he's like a he's like a Dewan Smoot kind of guy where oh, he's, he's not giving you as much pass rush as Smoot I don't know he had six sacks last year last year look La at the rest of did, his career correct. But he's got he's got the the caveat of being a former high draft pick, yes. um, and that's when you you take a little bit longer of a look at those guys. You sure, know, your first round guy. Um, and another guy, fantastically talented. He is a good run stopper. I mean, he has had fantastic. I mean, he's been in the league like ten years, and he's had sack production in like two of them, yeah. like good sack production or even pressures in like two or three of them. Like he's not a pass rushing guy. He's going if you bring him in to be a run stopper, I'm on board. But I think the sack numbers last year in Houston were a little bit of fool's A little gold. deceptive. Okay. Yeah, I think those were a little deceptive. Another guy, um, to me, a little younger than than Sheldon, uh, Javon Kinlaw. I like this guy coming okay. into the draft. Um, I liked him. And, again, he he's a guy that into that next chasm of his career, he's not going to be the 70-snap-a-game the kind of guy. He's that rotational kind of piece, depth kind of piece. Um, again, he's a guy I liked coming out of uh, the draft. Um South Carolina, Carolina yeah. South Carolina, uh, and I think he is another guy that could beef up that defensive line. Probably not, again, not a marquee-type signing that's going to wow fans over, but he's a guy that, again, that could get in there and and be a guy that you thought Foley Patakasi was going to be. So uh, the Kinlaw one piques my interest. Uh, let me tell you why. So he, you mentioned the high draft pick, maybe not lived up to the uh, expectations mm -hmm. kind of guy, and that that's Javon Kinlaw. Athletic through the roof mm -hmm. for a guy his size. The things he can do physically um, are, you'd almost think they're impossible. 
consistency on the field has been lackluster. Production mm-hmm. on the field has been lackluster. But he's also in San Francisco where they have a fantastic defensive yep. front. So, there, I mean, there's two questions there. Is the And, and nobody's going to know the answer until he moves on to his next spot, right? Uh, is it because San Francisco's either system or was just there was too much talent that he couldn't really break through and get the learning reps and opportunities that he needed? Or is he just not – ever going to get to where he can yeah absolutely fair question so uh, the if you take the swing at kinlaw to me you're you're saying my coaching staff is going to get the most out of him and and there's going to be some d-line coach in the nfl that's going to say i can get this guy to be Mm -hmm. a very good starter because of the things he can do physically and uh, he's an interesting one to me i I, on a non-big money contract under the radar a couple of years kind of deal i love it because uh, if it works you all of a sudden you have a really good starter yeah. if it doesn't work then i mean you're probably not out of pocket too much yeah i mean you're talking like a, a one year three four million dollar contract I yeah think i think I'd for that. I'm, on, I'm on board with that because kinlaw is interesting he just hasn't had the production yep. but with guys like that with that sort of draft grade um you tend to have to go back to some of the draft research on them uh, I, I do have one more for you um that i i i, I actually have to, i had made a long list okay. before we decided to do this too so I, i'll i'll throw one i'll throw one for you since that's in that same vein because to kinlaw he he stands out to me and this is a guy i talked about last year um so going back to my All evaluation right. from year ago marcus davenport okay uh, yeah. former first round pick yep he has had some injury issues, went to Minnesota last year on a one-year prove-it deal, had injury issues again, but he is a large body who can do things on a defensive line, can give you some edge depth if he can stay healthy. In the years where he stayed healthy, there was – looked like there it, it was starting to come together for him. Uh, he, I wouldn't sign him to be a starter, but you start talking about that third pass yeah. rusher. I mean, if you go from Josh Trayvon to Marcus Davenport, I feel okay. Yeah, I actually feel pretty good in that situation. Um, I mean, he's a guy who's had success. I think he's had eight sacks in a season before in his is, career. Is he, in your mind, an upgrade over? I know he's upgrade over Caleb Martin, but is he an upgrade over Dewan Smoot? I think so. In, th- in that situation, I think, I think so. The only thing that peak I peak would... Dewan Smoot, not not recovering from Achilles, Dewan Smoot. I mean, we're talking about peak Dewan Smoot before the New York Jets I'd, game, sixth sack kind of year. Before that, I, I would get. I would say I'd take Smoot. Okay. I'm just not sure where Smoot's going to be at physically right now, um, and Marcus Davenport. If he can stay healthy in a limited role, I think you can have something there that, that is a good rotational piece. He gives you something a little bit different. He's another big body, too. Um, so, that, I mean, there's some guys out there under the radar that you can go mm-hmm. and get that can can provide some of that depth that all of a sudden you get some upgrades that right. you feel pretty good about. Yeah. So that's I like I like where some of these times in the rough or big-ticket items, yeah. chances of our big-ticket items coming to Jacksonville. What do you think, percentage-wise? I think I think there's a good chance. Uh, I'd say if uh, on us hitting on one of the guys, on one of the guys, I I'd, I'd give us like a sixty percent chance of hitting on one of the blue chip guys. Oh no, the blue chip guys. No, we're down to thirty. We're, I thought you meant yeah, one overall. Uh, I'm I'm thinking T Higgins, Matt Abuke, those guys. No, no chance. I, I think there's they, yeah like ten granular. Yeah, point two five percent. It's probably not gonna happen. Um, I just don't see them being big players. I remember a couple of years back, we were at the Players Championship, yeah. and the Jaguars were spending money left and right. Day one of free agency. We're like, and, how do you pronounce foyer? What? Yeah, we're trying to figure all this stuff out <laughs> in the in the media room at at, at TPC Sawgrass. 
Um, but I just I don't see that coming no. this year. I just don't. No. Um, I think they're going to kind of let the market set itself. And I think as we look at those under-the-radar guys, your, your Chauncey Gardner-Johnsons yep. that aren't going to go in the first wave, I think maybe a DJ Reader I think is realistic. Um, even a Derrick Henry, I don't think he's going to go quickly. So those kind of guys, I think, are 100% going to be in play as they start to make these decisions. Um, so we'll see how it all comes together, how the pieces play out. All right, before we wrap this thing up, I'm going to throw one question at you. So the NFL franchise tag uh, window, officially open yep. now, so the Jaguars can now slap Josh Allen with that franchise tag whenever they want. I don't anticipate this move coming quickly. My guess would be that it's going to come at uh, some point uh, toward the end of the window as they try and use this as leverage to get a deal done. So the question that I have, do you, do, how much do you love Josh? Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you love Josh compared to, like, if he's going to get the same contract as a Daniil Hunter um, or somebody else, or if you, how, how much do you love Josh? Send him a Valentine's Day card or shake his hand. Is that kind of what we're talking yeah, that's about? That's kind of where we're at. Uh, yeah, yeah. Shake his hand. I, I, I'm not a – what Josh represents in Jacksonville, fantastic. I love what he brings. He's done it in two of his four, five years in the NFL. He's an ambassador for Jacksonville. He's what you want. You want to draft a guy, develop him, watch him thrive in the community, eventually succeed – I mean, ultimately succeed here. He's a family guy. My question about just – emptying the Brinks truck for Josh is can he do it more than one year he had a great rookie season he's been invisible a couple years he had injury issues he broke out in, under his fifth year option he's fantastic am I married to the point of five years 200 million dollars Josh Allen yep. absolutely not absolutely not and from a business standpoint I I am lukewarm about such a long-term extension because he's only done it one of his five years in the league yeah. and that's my concern I, everything else about josh the uh, things on the outside the family man the you know the how he talks to you in the locker room what mm -hmm. he's done i mean fantastic no questions about that he deserves every look of monetary things that he gets from that but my concern again is he's not done it consistently enough it's one of five years in the league that he's done it um he's young enough yes he's family guy great for locker room leader but my question about that long-term deal that he's going to get, be it Jacksonville or a number of other cities that would pay him, is the consistency. Can he do that year in and year out after you pay this guy record-setting number? I questions about that. Yeah, I, look, and I think those are valid questions. Um, it, and with all that kind of said, I think we're on the same page a little bit about where we're kind of at on Josh. But if they don't pay Josh – it's like burn the building down. What are you doing? Yeah. I, I mean, I think we're at that point. Yeah, it's prototype. He's exactly what you, you want. You, you draft him, you develop him, you see him succeed. Yes. You pay the guy. I mean, you, you do that. That's what you do. That's a the the mark of a great NFL team is drafting, developing, mm -hmm. rewarding. And they did that with Devon Hamilton. Right. Um, Josh is going to cost a lot more. And when you're investing that much big ticket item, I think you'd want to see some more production. But absolutely, Josh has done everything you need him to do other than do it consistently it's literally what they said they wanted to be they Trent Falky Doug Peterson both yeah. they want to be drafted and developed too only thing is they didn't draft Josh yeah but he's developed he's in the building now it's time to pay the piper which is part of draft and develop you draft develop and yep. keep not draft develop let leave so he's a guy going into his peak and they know 
they know the nature of the beast. If he walks, he's going to get paid huge money. More than he's going to get paid in Jacksonville. From somebody else. Yep. So they need to get a deal done. They need to get it done quickly. Uh, scale of 1 to 10 as we wrap things up that you think they end up getting a deal done or if the franchise tag gets hit on them. I think he, I think they end up signing him. I, I just I think over time, I think the negotiations, I think free agency is going to go crazy. They're going to see how much edge rushers are getting paid, and they're going to say, hey, we got – I mean, Josh has done – he's been an ambassador for the team, um, and I do think they probably do get something done by July 15th with him just because, A, it, it helps franchise more if he's able to, to sign a long-term deal. It refutes everything that you're up, everything that you've said and alluded to. If you don't sign Josh Allen, I mean, he could not have done anything more than do it a little bit more consistently. Right. So I do think, I mean, franchise tag makes sense because if I was Trent and Doug, I'd want to see that one more year um, out of him before paying him the bag. Yeah. But I think the salary cap situation they're in, um, what he's meant to the community, the team, I think by July 15th, we'll have a deal done. I'm on the other side. I think he's going to play on the franchise tag. I think they're going to tag him. Uh, say do it again. I don't. I, I don't think it's gonna get done. We'll see what happens. Um, Justin has a little bit more hope than me. Maybe I'm <laughs> jaded in this situation. Look, uh, Jamal was jaded last year. He didn't believe in Josh, and, and who did? I did not. He, he did. He did. He so. did. I thought. I thought Trayvon. And it, I, it wasn't that I didn't believe in him. I just thought Trayvon was gonna take a yep. nice jump. I guess maybe you could say that because I didn't think he was gonna get the double digits. I thought Trayvon would, but Trayvon yeah, did get did. the double they digits. They did. They so both had great years. I, so I, I was on. I was at least close. I was. It was a yeah. lot closer in the end than I thought it was going to be at one point in the year. Let's just go on ahead and say I had, like, conceded loss. Um, but Trayvon uh, took care of me down the stretch. Yeah. So, uh, all right, that, that, that'll that do it for this News for Jacks podcast. we still got plenty more off-season content coming for your way, so make sure you're checking out. We'll have new episodes each week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time.